Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In Myrtle Beach, you always go at your own pace. Lie out on the sand. Lie out by the pool. Go boogie boarding. Go surfing. Walk the boardwalk. Walk the marsh walk. Golf at one of 90 golf courses. Mini golf at one of 50 mini golf courses. Fish off a pier, fish from a chartered boat, go shopping, get drinks, eat the freshest seafood. The list is exhaustive, but the experience isn't. You can go all out or do nothing at all. How you relax is up to you. There is so much to do and explore, whether you're traveling with friends, family, or just yourself. With 60 miles of beach, you're going to find your place. If this sounds like what you need, then this is where you belong. Hey, do y'all like fishing for prizes? Maybe a trip to Costa Rica or a once-in-a-lifetime African safari? Well, the Grand Strand Fishing Rodeo is back. Thanks to the hard work of Visit Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and Trilogy Outdoors Media, this once popular event is back and is bigger and better than ever. This event is comprised of 12 monthly competitions that culminate in November with our annual banquet and expo, the celebration of fishing on the Grand Strand. New to this event is the freshwater division that will help include all of our anglers that live and visit the Grand Strand throughout the year. Monthly species winners will receive great prize packages from Bass Pro Shop and Surf Signs and Designs, but most importantly, they will receive an invite for them and a guest to our annual banquet and an entry in the grand prize drawing. So whether you fish the rivers, a pond, the pier, the surf, or a boat, you have a chance to win the grand prizes. To get signed up or for additional information, visit TrilogyOutdoorsMedia.com and click on Events. Also, you can visit any of our way stations and registration stations to get signed up as well. Best of luck to everyone, and we'll see you at the scale. All right, folks. Hey, it's just a bunch of talk, and we're hanging out at Captain Spoloni's Reports. We're over on Jason's Big Wooden Deck here at Merle's Inlet Fishing Charters down on the Marsh Walk in Merle's Inlet. And uh, today we're going to talk fishing, lies. We're going to talk about a good friend of ours who's joining us right now, and that is the one and only... Senator Stephen Goldfinch, and we're going to go back to his Captain Stephen Goldfinch days. I can, and, I can only imagine. And we're going to listen exactly. <laughs> we're going to listen to some of those stories, but first and foremost, uh, uh, another. Well, you're just going to get one more. This is it. Last one from all of us. Thank you so much for your service. Yeah. And uh, absolutely, we appreciate you. Yeah. Um, Thank so, y'all for the tribute. It was. If you have not heard it, the tribute. Episode 60, right? Yep, episode 60. Episode 60, Trilogy Outdoors podcast, a tribute 
that was it was um, I don't know how to describe it, English. It was tear jerking and beautiful. Yep. Thank, thank you for your work on that. I'll tell you, I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I texted you. Yeah. I listened to his like five times. Yeah. I listened to Rick's twelve times. Um, it was great. And there was a couple others that I listened to multiple times as I was editing and putting them in, but they were great. And thank you to every single person that took time out uh, to send in a, a message for my friend and cohort here. Captain Stephen Goldfinch. Yep. Also, Senator. Senator. Goldfinch. He's captain Steve. right now because we're. He's, he's only, a captain. He's captain. Captain's captain. Report. Captain. 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 How um, many hats do you have? Too many. <laughs> too many. Men. He's probably. Like, he's probably like that old Western movie where you walk in and the guy puts a hat on, then he turns around. I'm the post office guy. I'm the bartender. Too many. So. Too many. He does that actually, and he does very well at it. Um. And uh, he's a really good senator too. If you if you should listen to some of the tribute, they talk about that. So man, I I try, but um, honestly, you know, there's there's something about public service. You can't make everybody happy, and if you if you are making everybody happy, you're doing you're doing it wrong. wrong. Yeah, you're doing something wrong. There's there are there are plenty of enemies that I've made in my time, and it's just because you try to do what's right, you know, and and the right creates enemies. I think the great. I, I think the the thing that brought. Us together originally, of course, you know, I was at, I mean, I, I'll tell the story. You know, I was suckered into partnering uh, with a, a certain group of people that were trying to defeat him. Yeah. <laughs> Remember this. Stephen knows. And uh, his good friend, Kent Rogers, son, who was in that tribute as well, Kent reached out to me and said, man, have you ever met Stephen? I said, no, but we fought like hell on charlestonfishing.com. <laughs> I said, That's I old. don't like him. That's we old have fought there. like hell. Hey, you Yellow bird. That's that, that was him on Charleston Fishing. That is his old Yellowbird. school. Yeah. Most of these people are looking around going, what is that? What is charlestonfishing.com? That, that was the start. That was the biggest That was the biggest thing for offshore fishing, and really inshore too. But Yeah. I mean, that was the biggest thing we had going 20 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. 20 years ago? Yeah, at least. Yeah, it started around 2001, 2002. You were in law school at that time, like when you got really cranked into it, right? Probably, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty wild to think it was that long ago. But, yeah, it was that long ago. It's, it's crazy where time goes. I think about things, you know, that oh, you remember that from yesterday? And they're like, no, it was 10 years ago. You know, it, it is crazy where time flies, but it's uh, – it's wild. Well, I, I I I do know one thing. Stephen had a great idea back then, and one of it was uh, you were trying to do. I think with Merlin Lit twenty twenty, you were trying or trying to do a, a diving tournament. A, yeah, a we spear did fishing tournament. Yeah, we put one together and um, had a lot of sponsors and had had it all figured out down here. Twenty twenty was the you know that was the beneficiary, I guess. Right, and then. Um, the person running 2020, I won't call her name, the person yep. running 2020 at the time. It was actually, was it 2007 at the time? Yep, it was, yeah, it was 2007. They swapped yep. to 2020 after 2007, I think. Right. Anyway, um, <laughs> the person running the show at the time told me and Kent we couldn't be in the spearfishing tournament mm. that we had put together. And I said, well, then I'm done. Yeah. Like, all, all of these people that are coming are my friends. Yeah. Right, like I am competing against them. Yep. Like all I did was give you an idea, put it <laughs> together for you, and you're gonna come and tell me I can't compete in it. And the, and the answer that she gave me really was it it wouldn't be fair. And I'm like, well, maybe it wouldn't be, but I mean, because we were winning a lot of tournaments at the time. But that's the way that tournaments work. I mean, work. You, you get good at them, you figure out what you're doing. I mean, y'all have all yeah. gotten really great at 
I mean, you're, you're getting great at King Mackerel tournaments. You're great at every tournament. But, I mean, I, I mean. Except it, flounder boat. Except, except, except flounder a fishing. flounder tournament when he gets on the boat with me. But, you know, I mean, you get into a routine. You yeah. figure it out. You, you know how much time you need to spend where. And you know how to, you know, put different bags together in order to get what you need. And you get it all figured out in your head. And then somebody comes along and says, oh, you're really good at that. So, you can't compete. So, you that's, can't that's, compete. That's, that's exactly. I mean, as it, a as a fishing guide, we get that all the time. It's crazy. Right. They, they do tournaments, and they say, oh, fishing guides should not fish. And it's like. That's stupid. So. I've spent my whole life working on a skill level. Right. And now I have a level, a, a competition to see where I can, you know, set up to see how I am compared to everybody else. Yep. And they go, oh, you can't do it. Right. Same it's like, like saying Steven the NASCAR said. driver can't compete the Daytona yeah. 500. you got to get somebody off the beltway. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Could you imagine them telling, hey, you drive too good? You can't, you can't drive. That's yeah, right. or, the, you know, anything. Olympics. You're in the Olympics, so we, you can't be a professional athlete. You have to be some guy that comes right out of the gym. Yeah. And it's just, it's a ridiculous. Uh, it, is, it is true. It, and and it, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say that we went through it with the Spanish tournament. Yeah. We, we, of course, after the fact, we had the goop-ups. Which yeah, yeah, that, yeah. We, that was a we team. Stomp, we stomped some toes we, and hit we, some heads on exactly. some And by the way, the Rotary had the same problem with their flounder tournament, in case you haven't heard, and I'll tell you more about that. But anyway, we had that little tumble over. There's, but there's always hiccups with new tournaments. But we yeah, hired somebody to be the waymaster. Mm-hmm. Somebody separate from us. We had to go just do the same thing as everybody else did weighing in, so why shouldn't we? And here's the other thing. If you think there's something wrong with us fishing our tournament, then why don't you try to run a tournament? Correct. Yeah. That, that is my thing. And I told that to somebody who is – he, you know, you he know, walked away, but I told him straight to his face. I said, listen, if you don't think we should fish it, then you start running the tournament so we can fish. But the worst thing is, is let's say, okay, you, you've acquired the skill. You go out there and you put together a banner It's day. all luck anyway, but keep going. And you I win, don't and you, know about that one. And you win the tournament. The first thing people are going to say is, it was rigged. Yeah, and, that, and that's exactly why I didn't join the rodeo. I didn't, even, I didn't even put my kids in the rodeo because I didn't want that perception. And it's not like we're making money. And on I'm it. not in it. It's so, not like I'm we're the making, only one that isn't in it. Right, but it's not like we're making money on it. But if you're you know, perceived as the beneficiary, I said, okay, that's it. I wasn't even I wasn't even the beneficiary. Twenty twenty was the beneficiary on the spearfishing tournament twenty years whenever that was. Yeah, so we should have been no problem. And so it should have been no problem. But she, you know, she lost her mind somewhere along the way. Well, the the, the problem all goes back to society. I mean, yeah, society is just they they grasp for negative. They look for something. Oh, is this a conspiracy? You know, this, that, and the other. And they thrive on it. I mean, God forsakes you win a tournament that you help put together. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're public enemy number one. I well, do you think? Do you think that Brant McMullen would host his tournaments if he could not fish in them? Be honest. No, not a chance. What do you think? No. I mean, why? He's the leading money winner and doesn't even have to fish. Well, I mean, I th- maybe that's but, a different scenario. Yeah. <laughs> maybe well, that's a different scenario. <laughs> I'm not call. I'm not saying Brant in particular, but yeah. For some people that are that good. And that are really, really good. Yep. It is amazing to that they want to create more tournaments so that they can display their skill level. So there is a level of fairness and unfairness. It's no. not yep. unfair, but if I was the best fisherman on the East Coast, I'd want to fish every tournament possible so I could say, "Look at me, you know, I'm, you know." And I'm at good the end at of the day, if you don't like it, don't fish the tournament. Exactly. Right. There's another one around the corner. It's and just I, like, I just think too that if you've got somebody else handling the fish, doing all that. 
and 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 you or somebody on your team is not in charge of that, that there is no problem. Well, I'm sure Stephen can attest to it. I mean, we live in a world of keyboard bandits, as we call them. That, that's all it is. The people that lose are the people that cause the problems. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. It's, it's <laughs> never the winners. No, Every, you're right. Everybody hides behind their keyboard. They want to type and say things, but yeah. You ever heard the first place winner complain? Nope. Nah. No, I do not. Right. Nope. <laughs> we got it. We got, go. We're in the presence of the world champion. World champion. Spanish mackerel derby winner. All right. He is, he is honestly the first ever, ever world, world champion. Spanish mackerel champion. <laughs> when, when was even though I won the year before, he is the first world champion because it got retitled. Oh, he got retitled. Okay, yep. I got you. All right. I mean, yep. Proof's in the pudding. Retitled. Yep. That's that joker's a- sitting in the middle of the house. I I have it lit. Everything around it. It's oh, a yeah. good-looking trophy. It oh, is. Yeah, yeah y'all did. Yeah, you got job. the one. Uh, I fished one tournament Spanish. a year. He did the big mm-hmm. Spanish, right? Or did he South, do the Carolina. South Carolina? South yeah. Carolina and the big Spanish there. Yeah, yeah it's a good-looking. Tro- it's a really good-looking. Big trophy. shout out to Scott Todd. Scott yeah. Todd. I tell you, turn uh, every. Uh, no matter whether you agree or disagree on tournaments and everything, every tournament should go to him for trophies because they're yeah. all incredible. I've got. I'm, I mean, the ones that I've got. Have you gone out there and seen him? Oh yeah, it's incredible. I'm Have you ever been in. out there? You know Scott, don't you? you know Scott, Scott? Todd, know, father I, and son welding. Yeah, father I know in Ainer, right? From Ainer. Yeah. yeah, I've I've gotten something done by him in the past. I'm trying to remember what what, but he did a fantastic job. They're great. Yeah. They're yeah. great. He, did you talk he, about somebody that makes you feel important? We yeah. walk in to pick up the trophy, and we're like, "Oh, we need a Spanish macro trophy." And he's like, "Oh, let me see. Here's the NASCAR trophies. <laughs> Here yeah. is a trophy. Here's that's the Darlington Darlington trophy. Speedway trophy. Yeah." Here is a trophy that we're sending to the police force, you that, know, that for was cool. tribute to service. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and here's a Spanish macro one that is like a hundred percent like badass. Yep. You know. Oh yeah. And you're like, wow. Yep. Yeah. yeah and, they're and pretty good. They do some great work out there. Yeah. Um, Stephen's sitting in with us, and I know he's got to go to dinner, so let's talk real quick. Stephen, you, you, you did some charters and ran on some boats and worked on some boats. I know you got some stories because you were. <laughs> we you need were, the stories. <laughs> you were in that. You were in. I, I want to call it the the, the heyday. The you golden were, age. You were in the heyday, golden age of Charles Stone. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Uh, the the uh, who ran the who ran the offshore the, the Marlin tournament from over there? What was the name of it? Um. Uh, it could have been digging. No, no, no. What was the name of the offshore tournament from over there? From over where? From, that know, was part of the Billfish series. Yeah, it was part of the Billfish yeah. series. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The um, tag bummy, the three fish tournament. Yeah. Oh, uh, what was the name of that tournament? Was yeah. it? Was it? Uh, was it was it? one of the most famous billfish tournaments on the East Coast. Yeah, it was huge. Well, they, I mean, the Governor's Cup did run through Marlin Quay for a little while. Yeah. Um, and then that changed, and it was called. Was it the Atlantic Coast? I don't know. I'm drawing, TTS? I'm having a Google I'm having, that shit. I'm having a brain I'm, fart. I'm, here. Br- I'm having a brain fart too because I want to say that Brenda Spadoni. I want to say that somebody in her family, like or, or her dad, her Bud, dad. I'm sure her dad had something to do with it. I yeah. know. I know. When I was a kid, I was very fortunate to grow up, you know, over there in Garden City, and you know, we would ride our bikes down to Marlin Quay, and it, it's funny now because there's not a whole lot over there, but it was nothing but sport fish, and they That's were right. bringing in marlin, and it was. It was a sight every day. He grew up. He grew up the other way. Yeah, you grew up that way from it. He grew up on the other way. So yeah. y'all were both down there. I I mean, was, y'all were close in age too. Yeah. yeah, I was. I was south of Marlin Quay, and yep. um, yeah, I was, I was north. I, I grew up at uh, three nineteen South Waccamaw. I was eighteen eighty four Pompano. Right down the road. Yeah, yep, right down the road. Hard to believe. And I, I, I'm going back before y'all, but. Uh, 
in probably 78 through 84, 85, uh, I, was, I would always stay four houses up from the marina, which at that time there was no condos there, obviously. And, yeah. and even y'all were talking about times before the condos. Oh, yeah. And we would go down there and fish around the marina all the time. That was fun. Uh, but, but there was a public landing you could put, or yeah. not public. There was a landing you could put boats in there, I think. There's, you might have had to pay. There still is. It's just yeah, uh, it's just got it's rocks, just concrete and rocks. Yeah, on it's top concrete of it. rocks and trees in front of it now. But yeah, it's still there. That uh, maybe I shouldn't tell this online. No, this no, is, you can get this, this is, is the captain's felonious part. We want is, the downright dirty stories <laughs> yep, from Stephen Goldfinch. That piece of property is unowned. It's unowned. The ramp. Really? The ramp. Nobody owns it. Nobody owns it. Nobody. Now how's that? I'm just telling you. That's that's the. God's honest truth, nobody is paying taxes on that piece of property. It is one of those really weird little teeny strips of piece of property that nobody planted their flag on 200 years ago and said, that's mine. The so South Carolina don't own it? South Carolina doesn't own it. The county doesn't own it. There's nobody that owns that. Wow. It is, it is considered, under South Carolina law, it is considered an abandoned road. An abandoned road. And can you claim it? You you can you can. Can we claim it? You can, but it is a it is a lawsuit waiting to happen when you do. Wow! Because everybody on all sides will claim it and say they have a right to it the minute that you go to. But claim nobody it. uses it, right? No, no, nobody uses it. Yeah. yeah, that that was the only landing. Yeah, down there. I mean, you had private, for the longest time. Yeah, private landings, right? But, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, exactly. I know which, what I. Uh, so, which boats did you work on? Mm. You. I worked on a bunch of them. I worked on well. I mean, the I worked on mostly the underdog, um, not the underdog that lives over here now. Right. I worked on the McWhorter underdog. McWhorter. Yep. It started out as the 32 Albemarle, and then it went to the 36 Albemarle, and then it went to the 40 whatever they call that 41 or 42. I can't remember. I think it's 41 is what they call that boat now. Worked on that boat. I worked on. Fished on, worked on, done digging a little bit. Yeah. I worked on, fished on, obviously, the Yellow Bird. Um, I worked on Finicky Philly. I've heard that. Yeah. Stephen DeBerry, actually Judge DeBerry from Florence. Florence. Used yeah, to, the DeBerrys. Yeah, yep. used to run that boat. Um, let's see. I worked on, I worked on four or five boats over there. Yeah. So, well, since you worked on all these boats, you know, this is the <laughs> Captain's Felonious Report. Yeah. Enough of the small talk. Okay. <laughs> I, I want to hear Let's some cut stories. The chase. I want to so, hear the stories that are going to make people go, ooh. All right. So, I, I've got, I, I, on the way over here, I was thinking about which ones I wanted to talk about. I've got at least two, if not three, that I, I will bring. love to hear them. Just remember, statute of limitations, you're good. Hey, Will, we need another beer for this uh, story? <laughs> Tapping my toes and clapping my feet right now waiting for the story. Mm-hmm. What, what, one, one I'll, start out, uh, I'll start out gentle. One that I always think about when people get seasick. And I don't, I don't, know, um, I don't know if y'all have a lot of seasick stories. But oh, oh yeah. yes, do we, we do. What do you mean? We got somebody who's seasick right behind the door, right, right, work uh, hanging out in Merle's in the pigeon charge. Yeah. That doesn't look like seasickness to me. <laughs> oh, it's gonna feel like it tomorrow morning. It's gonna feel like it when he gets in the shower, though. Yeah. Oh, oh, shoe bunny, shoe bunny. <laughs> He's gonna have to do that one leg hang over the bed thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> the tripod. The tripod. So, um, I took out a a group of guys on a bachelorette uh, bachelor party. 
Okay. Yes. Now we're talking. Guys on a bachelor party. There was four of them that actually were brave enough to go on the boat that morning. Two or three more were in the bachelor party, but they never made it to the boat. Okay. Yep. So typical if, bachelor party. Yeah, typical bachelor party. So they show up on the boat. We clear the jetties, and the and the not the groom, but the groom's man, the one of the um, what's the best the, man? Thanks, thank man. you. The best man. The best man. The minute we clear the jetties, he's sick, and he's he's just puking his guts out. Okay. So he's curled up in the back of the boat. We're headed towards the Georgetown Hole, somewhere in the 165 to 170 range, just looking for warm water. I, I never, personally, I never, all fishing offshore, unless you were on the fish the day before, like really on the fish the, the day before, I don't shoot for numbers. I don't go to the Georgetown Hole or the Winyall Scarp or the McMarlin or any of that. I just point my boat, <laughs> point my bow at about 160 if I think the fish are down south, or 130 or 140 if I think the fish are up north, or 150 if I think the fish are in the middle, and when I get to 180 feet of water, I stop. Start fishing. And I start yep. fishing. And if the water's too cool, we go a little bit farther, right? If the water's too warm, we back up a couple feet. So anyway, um, 165 degrees or so towards the Georgetown Hole-ish. And uh, I pull the boat back, 180 feet of water. This is yellowfin error. Right. Okay, so you wanted to be there. Right at daylight, daylight. Yep. like you a little bit before daylight, actually pulling big. There was two bites. There was daylight, and there was the late afternoon. Is what I was told. I, I didn't get yeah. to experience it. Yeah, that's, I mean that's that's that was the two best bites, right? And you wanted to stay. I mean, usually what I would do is I'd get there before daylight. We'd pull big pink and white islanders, some blue and white islanders, and we'd fish nothing but yellowfin right off the rip. Okay, for at least two hours. And you'd catch 6, 8, 10, 12 yellowfin, and then you'd move on to bottom fishing or whatever the guys wanted to do, but primarily bottom fishing for me through the middle of the day. You take a little break, eat lunch, you know, snack, take a little nap, whatever, and then you're back to fishing about 4, 35 o'clock in the afternoon for that afternoon bite. Right. 5 o'clock freight train. That's right. So pull the boat back, come off plane. Guy in the back of the boat, curled up in the back of the boat, he jumps up, starts hurling off the back of the boat again. And his buddies are pouring water on him and giving him beer, trying to help him out. About 30 minutes later, he jumps up and he looks at me up in the bridge and he says, you got to take me home, I'm dying. <laughs> and I said, buddy, I'm sorry, but I'm not, I'm not taking you home. He said, you got to take me home, I'm dying. I said, I'm not taking you home, we're all the way out here, you made it out here, your buddies paid a lot of money not taking you home you got to just deal with it and i told the guys put wet towels on him let him curl up go to sleep drink yeah go to sleep let him drink some water get hydrated whatever he needs to do so he's not dry even about 30 minutes later he stands up we've got eight lines out he stands up he jumps out the back of the boat while we're running mm. we're running six and a half or seven knots he jumps out the back of the boat with our eight lines out and no joke, by the, I heard the guys yelling, and I thought we had a fish on. And I looked back. You did. I looked back, and he's doggy paddling in the spread. Got him in the back line. How about a teaser? Yeah. <laughs> he's doggy paddling in the spread. I'm like, what the hell? I pulled the throttles back, told everybody, get the lines in so we don't hook him. So I'm, like, you know, easily trying to back up without tangling everything, and we're reeling lines in. And I pulled back around to him. What are you doing? He said, I'm not getting back in this boat. I said, oh, yeah, you're getting back in this boat. <laughs> he said, no, I, I promise you, I'm not getting back in this boat unless you swear to me you're taking me home. 
Wow. And I looked at the guys, and we talked for a few minutes. And one of the guys said, why don't you just pull off and see if he'll start yelling and hollering and asking you. To, I'm like, oh, my God, what are we going to do here? Because the guy would not get back in the boat. I had the tuna door open, and I'm like, you know, I can't go. Did you at least look. throw him a life jacket and say, here, if you're going to stay out. Oh, yeah, we gave him a life food. jacket. Yeah, we gave him a life jacket. So I'm like, you know, I'm trying to run up to <laughs> – I'm trying to run up to the throttles and back up and, like, you know, go down there to the tuna door because the guys don't know what to do and pull him in the back of the boat, and he won't, you know, he won't help you out at all. He won't get in the boat. So, finally, I did what one of the guys told me I should do. I just, I got I got up in the bridge, and I started. Putting it on plane. <laughs> I started putting it on plane for about 30 seconds. The guy never raised his hand. <laughs> he never raised his hand. He never, he never did like this. He, he made never, his decision. He made his decision. He's like, nope. This is it. So eventually we turned back around. I said, guys, I got no choice. I'm not leaving him out here. <laughs> I'm not leaving him out here. So we turned back around. I said, all right, I promise we'll take you home. So he got in the boat and you took him home? He's got in the boat. His buddies yeah. were pissed. His buddies were pissed. Oh, I, I bet they were. Who was telling me uh, – Some was it one of y'all telling a story about uh, the boatload of – I can't remember. The guy wanted to pay like twice the trip. Somebody told me twice the price of the charter. That was me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I ran up. I ran a 33-foot whirl cat. Yeah. Uh, we did a Gulfstream trip. Same, same let me, scenario. Let me, let me just tell you something. Whirl cat, mm. they are terrible. Oh, I, I can Absolutely vouch for you. Absolutely terrible. I, I I, listen, I'm not saying that just because of – I will tell you, I ran one for about six months. And I've it never was been so scared in my life. I've been, I've been on them twice. They'll and kill you. They'll kill you. Were calm. Thank you. Do you remember the bubble watcher? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that guy's dead. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to make people be like, oh, God, I'm coming back from the parking lots. Quarter following, see, yeah, two to three foot, yeah. I could tell you what happened. It, you know what that happened. That boat's doing this. I stood that boat up and barked the motors oh. and looked straight up at my twelve o'clock, and I almost flipped that boat. No. On a day that it was not that rough. Yeah. We got that boat back to the marina. The individual who owned it sold it three weeks later. I've never been on anything outside of a Freeman because a Freeman rides perfect. That's it's a scary boat. The world cat means world death. I mean, it really does. I mean, I'm not trying to knock them, but, I mean, you look down in the Bahamas, I mean, they had half dozen casualties, and they all were on either pro cats. Yeah. World cats. Yeah. Or, not knocking them. Just. Yeah. I've heard that prowlers are okay, but I've never ridden on one. Nah. The only uh, I've ridden on World Cat, and I promised myself I'd never do it again. And I, I promised myself I'd never do it again after not even getting out of the jetties. Mm-hmm. The jetties, it was that bad. That oh, you made that first turn around the corner, and we're like, I'm getting ready to fall out this damn boat. Oh, no. I mean, you it make was, this turn, and, and you're like. Whew. It was super scary. It's terrible. I mean, our, our problem with ours, I mean, God forsakes you use autopilot. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you understand. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this thing gets out of whack. Uh, uh-uh. yeah. I mean, she's going from 6 to 12, and she doesn't yeah. care what you do with that steering wheel. No. No. So, that was a short lib, but I. But same thing. I, I ran a charter out there just like your story. And, I mean, we that, that was me telling you, you know, off air. I mean, guy looked at me and he said, how much is a charter? I said, 1500 bucks. He goes, I got $3,000 in my said, pocket. I'm paying you this much. He goes, you take I'll me give home. you three grand to take me home. I'd say and that's said, a deal. <laughs> if, as a young 25-year-old captain, you know what I said? <laughs> that's a Show deal, Show me the buddy. money. We're going home, baby. Yeah. So, 30 knots well, all the way home. Plow show me found. the money. Yeah, first, show, show me the money first. Yeah. <laughs> My first year running, uh, mating on a diesel boat, we had six guys, and uh, we roll out the jetties. First guy gets seasick. About, I don't know, 40 miles out, second guy gets seasick. We pull them off plane, get the outriggers ready, 
I'm dropping the, the line back. As I'm dropping it back, Dolphin, boom, get the drag up. All right, guys, who's ready? Not one person. And all, all the guys were kneeled on their knees, puking over the transom. And the captain had the greatest quote ever. He looked at him, he said, are you boys real religious? And the one boy turned around and shook his head no. And he goes, ah, I thought you boys were all back there praying for fish. And God had answered. I reeled in the mahi, gaffed it. We spun the boat around, went back home. Only fish caught that day. I caught it. Got back to the dock before noon. They paid full price for the trip and tipped me. That's one of the one of the greatest charters I ever had. Since we're on the topic of puking, one one I got two of them that come to mind. I will just start with one. It is very modest, but one of the baddest individuals I have ever seen on a boat. We took a guy out, and this guy said he was in the navy. You know, I, oh, if they're in the navy, yeah, yeah. I love the navy. Yeah. Over. This, I love it. Yeah, this, this guy gets on the boat, and I said, "Look, it's a little rough today. I want to let y'all know what we're looking at. You know." I can do it. The boat can handle it. It's going to be a little rough. Guy looks at me and he goes, well, you ain't captain enough to take me out. Point me in the direction of one it is. I said, I'm fine. You know, I'll, I'll take you out. So we go out there. And, I mean, it's not rough. I mean, it's moderately rough. Keep going. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those trips. And my man looks at me, pasty white. And he says, I think I'm going to be sick. And I said, okay. I said, look, it ain't no big deal. My man pukes over the side. He sounded like the Tasmanian devil. My man, <laughs> my man had a deep voice. He said, Ralph. He said, I am. You know, I, I kid you not. When he puked, he went, <laughs> And I heard this, and I'm like, how does that noise come out of your mouth? You have such a deep voice. I mean, he could have been like one of those guys that sell stuff, you know, on the shopping network. Hey, buy this. My man looks at me and goes, do you have Gatorade? And I said, I have ginger ale and Gatorade. He goes, what flavor? And I said, I don't know. I think it's orange. And he goes, give me all of them. <laughs> Kid you not. Bad dude. My man sounded like a hyena every time he puked. Every time he puked, he smeared off iced a Gatorade. Just slammed it. Blah, 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 blah. That's true. And I looked at him, and he'd throw up. And I said, dude, what are you doing? And he goes, my next puke? Well, tastes better than the last one. <laughs> oh, my God. And I've never forgot that the so, rest of my life. So, magical thing. If you ever think you're going to get seasick, peanut butter and jelly, because it tastes the same way going down as it does going up. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't been sick, I don't think. In, I don't. I can't remember the last time. you ever time. get sick? No, I really don't. I can remember as a kid I got sick a couple times. I mean, I can remember as a teenager hanging upside down in an engine room, and it was like 110 degrees in there, and it was rougher than a cob, and I can remember feeling terrible. But I hadn't been sick. And, but that's a, that is a terrible, terrible feeling when it does happen. Because I can still remember it from 25 years ago, how bad it felt. I've never been seasick, but I have been hung over on a boat, and oh, yeah, if it's, it's anything like that, I don't wish that to nobody. All right, let me tell you two more stories. It's I mean, not I gotta, a good feeling. you got to go to dinner. i got to go to dinner. i got a date with my wife. Well, good. I'm going to tell you two stories, and I'm going to go. Because you tell two stories, and this person just called that's on their way will be here by then, and they want to come see you, so go ahead. All right, so first, <laughs> first one. Back in the day, I would enjoy a beverage or two, okay, or three or four or five. Hey. <laughs> don't worry, I'll make up for us, partner. Actually, I've got two stories like this. Let's, let's hear them. I can't wait to hear them. So, so I'm on the tuna tower of that uh, Albemarle, that 41 Albemarle, okay? And we were offshore, and I had had a few. And 
Jim would, Jim had this famous, famously disgusting habit of Cold King mackerel sandwich on white bread oh, with mayonnaise. Right. Oh. When you came out of the jet. You had to eat it. You had to eat it. It had a big nasty bloodline in it. You had to eat it. And he'd make, he'd drink a gin and tonic first thing in the morning, like right off the bat. The lover's drink. <laughs> the lover's drink. Yeah, the lover's drink. <laughs> anyway, I'd had a few with him, okay? I'm up on the tuna tower. And it's just rough as a cob. And, it, you know, anybody that's been, ever spent any time in a tuna tower looking for fish, especially yellowfin first light, you know, sometimes you feel like that tuna tower is going to slap the water on one side or the other. Yep. Every it, foot that boat moves, that tuna tower moves 10 feet. That's it, true. It was like, I promise you, if I would have stretched out a little bit, I could have slapped the water on one side <laughs> and then slapped the water on the other side. It was nasty. And I got to feeling like, you know um, – a little bit like that guy in there's feeling on the beanbag inside, okay? Like the world's <laughs> world's spinning a little bit, and I'm going probably 15 or 20 vertical feet in each direction. But he was he was bound and determined for us to find some birds or some fish, and I was you know I was the young buck that was going to find him up there. So I'm like trying my best to get back down this tuna tower. I'm on the ladder. And I'm thinking, there's no, there's no way I can stay up here anymore. Like, no way. I'm not going to make it. I am going to fall out, pass out on this tuna tower. The world started closing in on me, okay? <laughs> I fell off of this tuna tower. I hit the gunnel. That's a long ways down, by the way. Yep. I, I hit the gunnel on my coccyx, my butt bone. <laughs> it splintered my butt bone. It splintered my butt bone in about ten different pieces. Oh, ouch. That's going to leave a mark. I still have, I still, yeah, I, I had to have surgery on it. I still have scars. He still has a mark. Yeah, I have a scar on my, on my arse from that situation. Broke it in about 10 different pieces, had to have surgery on it. Anytime I do sit-ups today, I still have bone spurs down there. Story number one. Story, no, story number two, we're in that same boat. Actually, we were in the, the 36 before this, and we ended up in a nasty, nasty thunderstorm, and we could only see maybe 12, 15 feet in front of the bow. It was just ridiculously rough and ridiculously uh, low visibility. And all of a sudden, a little spot open cleared up in front of us, and we got hit right then and there by a water spout. Ooh. It dropped down right on top of us. It ripped the tuna tower, pieces of the tuna tower off, all of the antennas, and it dumped about three feet of rainwater in the back of that Albemarle in like a matter of 30 seconds. Mm. And me and this old, me and this old, this old coot who was a really cool guy, me and this old coot who fished together all the time, we were cuddled up together in in the cabin, with life jackets, you know, the old orange wraparounds. Yep. You know, if you ever don, if you ever put on one of those orange life jackets, oh, I put them on. It's about to hit the fan. It's about to hit the fan. That and that boat was. Squatting, I wish, I mean, you can't see me on the radio, I know, but that boat was squatting like one of these squat Carolina squat trucks. Oh. Okay, I mean, immediately afterwards, and the pump. Bow up, ass down. Bow up, so ass down. So dog dragging his ass on the carpet. Oh, no doubt about it, but we couldn't run the Carolina boat. squat. The Carolina mm -hmm. squatter. Yeah, but we couldn't run the boat. Like, we could not run the boat. The boat, the boat was squatting like that, okay? The boat was squatting like this. The boat's turned around. The tuna tower's laying on the back of the boat. The antennas are broken, so we're not going to have any radios or anything. And we still have three feet in the back of the boat. And I realize the scuppers are all the – there's stuff. There's like – there's pieces of um, canvas that were up 
you know, that were in the enclosure that had got stuck in the scuppers. And I swam out to the scuppers in the middle of this thunderstorm and pulled all the scuppers loose. Wow. Story number two. And then I'll finish with story number three, and then I got to go. <laughs> yeah, right. Just one more. One more. Last one. So we were in um, Fennecke, Philly. And we were um, – this was right when those big Yozuris came out. Mm. And they were like the hottest thing, the hottest thing. The big wahoo plugs. The big yes. plug. big wahoo plugs. Nobody yeah. was fishing these. Everybody was. If you're catching wahoo, you were catching them on, you know, like Islanders when the Islanders came out. I mean, you were catching them on those or you know, sea witch or something. And then all of a sudden, these big plug. You know, you had the big diving plugs with the noses on them back then too. You know, yep. wire leader about the size around as your pinky. <laughs> piano but, string. Yeah, piano string. But then, then these Joziris came. We started running them like religiously, catching wahoo left after, left one after another after another. And we had a group of guys on the boat, same thing. Group of guys on the boat. That Yozuri gets just hammered, and he's just yanking line, 300 yards lines, big fish. We finally get the fish to the side of the boat. It's a big wahoo. He ate the plug like we expected him to. I said, you want to gaff There's one of the guys on the boat. I said, you want to gaff him? Because he had gaffed a couple fish earlier, and he'd done well. So I handed him the gaff. I got the leader in my hand, and I handed him the gaff. I said, be careful with that plug. Like it, it, oh, like no. It, as he's bringing it over the boat, he brings it towards me instead of in the opposite direction. Oh, no. Be careful it with came. the plug. <laughs> that hook right into my calf all the way, buried it all the way to the hilt into in the oh. calf muscle, my calf seized up. You ever have? You know, have calf cramps? Oh, that's right. No, you were yeah, yeah. I've heard. Uh, yeah, I think I've heard the beginning of the story. But yes, yeah, so calf cramp. Calf cramp. Three days. I could not get rid of this calf cramp. I had oh to go God. get. It, I had to go get this thing surgically removed. When I had it surgically removed, my calf. I couldn't sleep. It was cramped as tight as it could cramp, and it would not relieve. They had, finally had to give me a muscle relaxer to get it to, to go down. Yeah. Ooh. It was the most miserable, three, other than breaking my coccyx bone on that boat. It was the worst thing. Well, one day, you got to share the story, and I know it's not time, about floating around out there. Oh, I can do it. I, I've still not heard it. But y'all know that, that, how many hours? Just a, a real quick story. How long were you left out there? Nine hours. Nine hours by a, uh, a Swedish guy. and um, So you went diving with a stranger? BP-25. Is where I went in the water. Fished it many times. At noon. Went in the water at noon and um, came up with no boat. No boat in sight, no boat. And um, that's a bad feeling, man. Oy. That's a bad feeling. And I drifted towards the stream. I drifted towards the Winyall Scarp. Um, I drifted in nine hours. I drifted about nine and a half miles. So the current was moving a little bit. Tide was moving a little bit. And um, I ended up, you know, like offshore of, like a few miles offshore of the Hebe headed towards the Scarp, if that makes sense to you. Yep. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, nine hours. Who nine, found you? Nine hours, Coast Guard. Oh, whew. wow. Who yeah. called it in? My dad. My dad called it in. He saw the guy go by um, and tried to figure out what happened. The guy never called anybody, never told anybody. He was an old guy, and when my dad and his buddy approached him about it, I, you know, they thought they were going to kill him, but he eventually said I, I, he never came up. I thought he was dead. Well, you didn't think about telling anybody? Wow. And so anyway, they reported me, and I saw, so I saw the, the jet, 
uh, at about 8.30 at night, just before it got dark. 9 o'clock gets dark about 9 o'clock. That's giving me cold chills. I saw the jet, and I had a little flashlight. Back then, the lights were crappy. Had a little flashlight, and I cut it on, you know, and it was, it was like twilight. I cut it on, and it faded out to black because my batteries were dead. And I just thought, like, that's it. I'm lost. I'm done. And um, Wow. I've never heard this one. Jet made this long pass, and I never saw him again. And 15 minutes later, I heard a helicopter. And then, you know, and, and the helicopter obviously made a pass. And they, But it was dark. It was dark, and the helicopter put spotlight on me. And then... I'd be beating that flashlight like a rented meal. Come on, baby, just give me one more. Just give me one more flicker. You know, the, you know, people ask me nowadays, like I do, because I do a lot of diving and um, still do a lot of diving, a lot of spear fishing. And people ask me nowadays, "Aren't you scared of sharks?" No, I mean, had plenty of run-ins with sharks. I'm not scared of sharks. I am scared of being left in that ocean. That's what I'm scared of. Yep. Kids ask me all the time, "What are you scared of, Daddy?" Being left in the ocean. What, whatever happened to this guy? Out of curiosity. Yeah, out of curiosity. Did, did he, he did he make to... his way to the uh, the family business in Conway? He was a, <laughs> he was in his mid seventies at the time. I'm sure he's dead now. He was in his mid seventies. Had at to the be time. held accountable. And he, yeah, I mean, he. Um, after, in hindsight, everybody now, you know, obviously, I would not have spent any time with the guy. But he was back in the day. There was just not a lot. You got to understand. There's not the a day, lot of divers. There was, was there? not a lot of divers, and not a lot of people that would take you on their boat diving. I mean, it was like that was. There was maybe two of us, right? Yeah. <laughs> on the entire coast, right here, there was maybe two of us that did it, with any regularity, especially offshore. Like there was a handful, small handful, Cooley, if you remember Cooley. Yeah. Small handful of people that flounder, you know, flounder spearfished like three mile. Every now and then somebody would venture out the 10 mile. Nobody, hardly anybody was diving ledges offshore. And um, nobody was deep diving. Yeah. Nobody was trimix diving or any of that crazy stuff. It was all air. You know, you, so you, there was no nitrox. There was no trimix. It was all air diving. And, you know, Jonathan and Jennifer would pump your, your tanks for you and go, go do it. And it was sort of like the Wild West. You could go dive the Georgetown Hole in 180 feet of water. Or you could go dive the jetties. Yep. Same tank, same gear, same everything. You might die, you might not. <laughs> and that was, I mean, that was sort of how we treated it. And that's how I ended up getting bent so many times and in the chamber seven different times, right? Because it was just like, an, it was a, one big experiment for the last 40 years. That's right. It. So you've been in seven times. Yeah, I've been in the chamber seven times. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. Well, I told you the, uh, uh, the funniest thing when he first, he and I first started, uh, uh, went into business together, his dad. I met his dad like two weeks after it, and we were, he was burning uh, some property. He was burning his property off. And his dad said, let me tell you the best thing, best advice I can give you. Be really good at dialing 911 if you're going to hang out with him. Oh, I'm sure. I need and, to, I and, need and when you hear all the stories, you know that. But listen, I know you got to go. We're going to go to break. We've got some guests here that want to say goodbye, hello, and everything else to Steven. So uh, we're going to go to break real quick. And uh, when we come back, we got the Fish Finder fleet is here on the deck and I think Jack Orr might have a story or 10 to share as well but Stephen thank you so much and uh, we'll be talking to you we'll be talking to you via phone from over there and recording some I enjoyed it alright we'll be right back on the other side of the break y'all don't go anywhere spotlight on the channel Marcus says we're doing the 
Perry's Bait and Tackle has been making their customers' days on the water more successful and enjoyable for nearly 70 years. Perry's is a fully staffed and stocked family-owned tackle shop just north of the Marsh Wall. They have always taken pride in the best hand-tied rigs and a knowledgeable staff that is comprised of charter captains and experienced anglers. Their close proximity to the water allow them to offer the very best in live bait and the options are endless. Perry's is now fully stocked with everything you need to make your day on the water a success. If you're in town visiting with no equipment, Perry's is your one-stop shop with apparel, tackle, baits, rods and reels, and boating supplies. Perry's Bait and Tackle, serving Merle's Inlet since 1954. All right, folks, welcome back to Captain's (laughs) Polonius Reports, coming to you again from Jason's Big Wooden Deck here at MIFC. And uh, we have uh, traded out the senator and the flounder pounders walking around politicking, kissing babies, and slapping. How is that work? Never mind. Slapping babies and kissing. (laughs) Kissing hands. Anyway. Now we've got uh, Captain Jack Orr and Captain Jay Bay sitting in with Quentin and I. Captain Q's here with me, and uh, we we got some old salts. We are we are simply we men, old salt. men among among legends here. Yes, we I, are. I, I feel very honored to be in in the same environment of these guys, and uh, I agree. Man, I just I want you guys to just tell stories like we're talking at the bait shop at six o'clock in the morning. It's six a.m. The bait the yeah, sun Jay, is by rising. The way, rem- Remember, you don't have to worry about being at debate shop tomorrow oh, at 6 a.m. Congratulations. You get to sleep late. I've already had half a bottle of bourbon. So. <laughs> well, you're you're behind. I am behind. You're way behind. I just got here. I don't know what kind of party I'm stepping into, obviously. A good one. A good I, one. I see this. I see this. I told you it gets out of control, buddy. It well, I was wondering before you started, like, how big is the listening audience here? Like, what do I need to I, uh, what kind of stories am I telling? Like, am my sto- mom going to hear this eventually? We only had <laughs> we only had nine thousand seven hundred and sixty-two downloads this week. Oh, that's good. Not- yeah, right. yeah. The, the goal of this podcast is just us hang out and, and talk stories like we're sitting at the bait shop or sitting yeah, at the yeah. bar. So. At the bar. Yep. So the, the, the theme that we were having was seasick stories. But This man comes up with themes. Have you all so. talked about the Vomit Comet? Oh. That's what we called Scania's boat for the longest time was the Vomit Comet. Anyway. <laughs> really? That's yeah, because awesome. he threw up and they still went. It was the Vomit Comet. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He's never heard that. I've heard the Vomit Comet, yeah. Uh, I've heard that I'll, one from back in the day. I, I, how else do you think he figured out? Two-hour trip. Back so quick. <laughs> I, I was reminiscing when Goldfinch was talking about that guy on the back of the boat. Oh, man. I, you, you know that I've seen a few. Oh, oh yeah. my day. Oh, I that can't imagine. Day. You ran Captain Bill. You ran the New Inlet Princess. The, the New you Captain ran Bill. The new Captain Bill. Captain Bill 3 some, the Thunderbird. Yep. Oh, well, I've man, heard, what's I've the heard word? The head boat stories like, guys, I'll buy this boat. Bring me home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, call the Coast Guard. Oh, and I just tell call them, the if, unless you have the cash, <laughs> there ain't nothing I can do for yeah, you. Yeah, right on. <laughs> English, I had a, a charter one day. Um a fishing club, mostly all, you know, African-American people right. on it. They had their fishing jackets. I think they were the D.C. Raiders. thought it was cool. They all had their, their fishing jackets on. All right, so they come on the boat one morning, and uh, probably about 50, 55 of them, and there was one fellow that had already partaken a little bit too much on the bus on the way down. On the way down. On yep. the way down. They would – I was, you know, I would 
You love seeing that beer at the dock before you leave. You know, oh, yeah, oh, that's my yeah, favorite. We're coming home early. Yep. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. no. Early. I keep them out on the boat, get them as hammered as I can, because I, I there's something about my charter boat that I run. It it gets people really tore up from the floor up, and the I, I guess I have an ability to not force drinks on people, but be, <laughs> right. be in, if you're in an environment with me for long enough, we're going to drink, we're going to have a good time, and it just – People people drink on my boat. They have a good time, and it it ends up in great. I had I had to admire these fishing club guys because D.C. Maryland, Mm -hmm. they would charter a bus. Get on that bus. What is it from D.C. down here? Six Six, seven hours. No, from D.C. is right outside of it. Yeah, D.C. is if you drive like me. I mean, you got to drive the bus that probably had to stop twice. Yeah, you're you're looking at you're looking at probably an eight hour drive. You you had to be a devoted want to fish. Get on a bus, ride eight hours down here. Get off the bus, get on a boat, ride another two and a half to three hours, fish, come back in. I, well, I can imagine what and that then they must drove smell straight like. home, And then they? they went straight home. Well, they had this one guy, you know, that came on the boat with them. And I went to the head guys and I said, look, you know, <laughs> I can't take him in this condition. <laughs> this all. was already. This is in the morning. This is in the morning before we started the trip. I said, you know, I can't take this guy. And all. And they said, well, Cap, we understand, but what what, what well, can you we do? Well, you want us to do with him. You know, <laughs> and I'm like, I understand your plight, you know. And I says, okay, let's compromise on this. I said, look, if y'all will take care of it and make sure that there's no issue with him, take him downstairs, let him sleep it all. As long as I don't have to deal with him, no problem, you know. Never thought about it. Day went great. We caught a bunch of fish, had a great day and all. And so I'm riding on the way home, and it's pretty slick on the way home. And I hear, and I'm upstairs, and on the Thunderbird back years ago, you had steps going out of the wheelhouse down to the salon area. And if the doors were open, you could hear people downstairs, you know. And I hear this one guy kind of get up, you know, and said, man, this is a long ride out here. When are we going to stop and start fishing? <laughs> and, uh, and all you hear is the whole downstairs just, burr! I mean, <laughs> laughing and busted and everything. You know, and you hear this guy, no, come on, man. Y'all qu- quit pulling my leg. When, when are we going to start fishing? And burr, they start just laughing again. You know, and then you hear another guy goes, Bo, we've already been fishing. And we had a great day. He he said, oh, oh, he passed out. You're he was lying. passed out the whole, the whole trip. He woke up on the ride home. Look, out of all the outcomes that could have happened, well, that's the best one. But the funny thing was, you, and every time he'd say something, you know, more of them would just chime in. Two or three other guys said, yeah, man, I caught this. I No, no, nah, nah, quit pulling my leg, man. Come on, quit pulling my leg. And uh, when we going to start fishing? And finally I hear one guy says, okay, how about this? Let's go show you the fish. And you hear this, you know, plop, 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 going out the cabin. And I'll, and then I didn't hear anything. And a couple minutes later, I come back in. I hear them all coming back in, laughing like him. And that, that one guy's going, man, y'all ain't right. This ain't right. Y'all ain't right. You let me fish. And all of a sudden, the other guy says, now you get to get back and ride on the bus home, too, and tell them how come you don't have no fish. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. So That's how awesome. Awesome. <laughs> That is a great one. I, I, awesome. I got an award for the most trashed person on the boat that Ooh. I've ever had. 
So I used to take these roofers out, and we went offshore bottom fishing. And this is back when you could keep 15 sea bass. And, like, you bring people bottom fishing, you came home with 100 fish. And you had to yeah. clean fish because you were allowed you to clean fish for a long time. Because you were allowed so yep. many sea bass and so many vermilions and so many. So and the bottom wasn't as beat up as it is now. So I bring these roofers out every year, and I bring them out. And they drink. They're roofers. They, they're professionals. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So yeah. they, they, they drink their case each or whatever. And one of them, unbeknownst to me, for the ride home, had a couple Xanax pills. And he eats them or whatever it does. And so we're, we start driving home, and I look back, and there's a guy standing up trying to pee by the motor while I'm driving. Like, oh. Full speed. Yeah. Like, he's getting up to pee. And I was like, whoa, 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 I stopped the boat. I'm like, dude, if you need to pee, you stop me. Like, we'll, yeah. we'll stop and pee. And then he starts, like, falling over. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, this getting, like, I, and to me, he's just drinking. Like, I had no, I, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm along for the ride. You know what I mean? So at this so point, was he. So was he. <laughs> so at this point, I'm cleaning fish at my house. So I'm using the public boat ramp. So I pull the boat out, and we go to my house. And his girlfriend starts calling him. And he's so trashed, he can't answer the phone. And instead of not calling back, she calls 70 times in a damn row. And his friends are answering me like, he can't talk, blah, blah, blah. So she thinks he's at a club. Well, I don't know what she thinks. And I could hear on the other side of the phone that he's getting mad. Whoa. So. I'm having to keep the guy awake so he doesn't fall asleep to a point where I can't get him out of my house because now I've brought him back to my house to clean fish. Now, what a mess, dude. His girl ended up coming, getting him because she didn't believe he, he thought he was at a strip club. <laughs> but, yes, I, had, I have had to keep someone awake by slapping them, basically. So last week on the podcast, we talked about the crowd that you used to take from the one city in North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they had a moonshine competition. Yes. They all oh made moonshine. And when they would come fishing so with moonshine. Jay, they'd all give him moonshine, Good and they God. would all be like, I'll which one's the best? Which one's the best? They all asked. I, I'll bet you for like, I'll bet you year three through seven or eight of my 20-something year charter guide fishing, I got tipped in moonshine like a significant <laughs> amount. A significant, significant amount. And it was uh, And you was probably like, hey, when are my moonshine boys coming back? I'm no, getting no, a little low here. no. <laughs> No, because no. he took the whole town in the summer. <laughs> I'd give it away. He I was took like, oh, the preacher, God. the sheriff, the mayor. He took all the whole had, town. All of, them, all of them had their homebrew. All of them had. <laughs> this one's called the Purple Panty Dropper. This one's called the, I mean, good night, son. And it's actually one of those guys, Quint and I were talking about a story earlier. One of those moonshine guys is one of the guys that brought some escorts with him that put my boat into the dock. All right, this is the story. Uh, Have we told? Yeah. We got to tell this. This, this is, is a good one. This is probably one of my okay. favorite Jack Jay will stories. love this one. <laughs> you don't like this, Jack. So you know how sometimes fear and mullet are hard to get? They're kind of skittish from the boat, and they're not coming down the beach where everybody swims, and it was one of those times it was harder to get them. So I pull right in Oyster Cove, around that first dock to the right where the, the beach is right there. Uh-huh. Right at David Thigpen's dock. <laughs> yep, <laughs> keep going. So right before the first boat ramp, and I put the boat on the, the dock, and I jump out with my cast net and my bucket, and I go under two docks to where real Greg lives, yep. who has a nice aluminum dock now, probably to me. Yep. So, <laughs> so I go two docks down, and I can get, I can see the mullet, and I, I got, I, I throw, and I pancake them, and boom, you know, I'm loading up, and I'm throwing them all in the bucket. I'm throwing them all in the bucket, and I look up, and this escort the guy brought puts my boat in reverse <laughs> to come pick me up instead of me go. Get her. <laughs> oh, Lord. So I'm looking and I'm like, you know, saucer eyes, and I got mullet flopping all getting in the water. And I'm like, scoot, I'm doing everything I can. You know what I mean? You guys have been there. I'm You're in the sure. weeds. I'm in the weeds. I'm in the weeds. <laughs> so when she starts going in forward, she puts it like three quarters feet speed forward and didn't know how to stop it. So yeah, she, cool. the boat jumped up like three quarters of a plane, and she was so close to. 
Greg's old wooden dock that she hit it so hard that it put probably a three inch wide, three inch deep, eight inch long triangle gash in the front deck of my boat. Oh, God. It, like she smacked yep. I mean, put a huge scar in my boat. So I get in the boat and I pull out to the main channel and I just put it in neutral and I just sit there for a minute. Like I'm trying to like figure out my life. You, you know what I mean? Like I got to tell my wife I had an escort on the boat that put yeah. my dock boat into the, the, the dock and the boat's trashed. And this is just the start of this fun trip. Oh, yeah. It's oh, getting bait in the morning. Buckle up, Buttercup. We got a whole four hours. No, did yeah, they yeah, not? Yeah. Did no, they no. not fish naked? Well, yeah, they got topless while we were out there. Damn straight. They got our cool wife now. Damn straight they did. <laughs> All right, so I got, a, I got a good one to, to piggyback off that one. And I told it on the boat today because they were asking about, you know, you'd, you'd run 350 trips a year. You average about four people. You see some characters. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I had this good one, and I was fishing right here. And I'm not far off the main channel. I am where people can see me. It's a public inlet, hundreds of boats, <coughs> and it's probably May. It's just starting to get sunny and bright, and it's me, husband, and wife. And to describe the wife, they were from some Midwestern, Iowa, Idaho, I don't remember. But if you'd have told this woman to haul ass, it'd take her three trips. <laughs> <laughs> and a wheelbarrow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And so she looks at me, and she goes, sweetheart, can I tan? Now, me and the husband are on the back, on the front of the boat fishing. She's on the back of the boat. And I said, look, sweetheart, the boat's yours. I'm just here to drive it. Yeah. You're more than welcome. Yeah. In my mind, I'm thinking, rod in the rod holder, lay across the back deck, enjoy the, you know, beautiful May weather we're having. Yeah. Yep. Read a book, well, whatever. We're fishing. A couple minutes later, <laughs> I turn around. Homegirl is fishing. And I mean, not naked, buck naked. The only stitch of clothing she had on was the flip-flops. Damn. Yeah, and she was probably late 50s. Was that your tip, dude? Nope. <laughs> so, so I turn around. I said, oh, God, oh, oh, what in the world is going on? And she goes, sweetheart, I'm tanning. I'm like, I'm like, okay, like, there could be a boat come around the corner. And she goes, I got a towel. Don't worry, I'm watching. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, oh, God, what do I uh, This is one of my first years. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'll just be professional. I don't think it's a fireable offense. I'm no. just going to go with it. I'll be professional, <laughs> and I'm not going to look. Oh, That's I, not no, a problem. No. So, <laughs> I'll be darned. She caught a fish. Yeah. And so. You had to go help her get no, up. No, 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 no. Uh, I was very professional. Turned my back. Husband got the net. And then next thing I know, I hear him say, the only time I saw her was when I turned around and saw that, and then I just I turned around and I was focused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dead ahead. And the husband goes, and I quote, honey, let's get a picture. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and you're the guy. No. You're the guy. You're the no. guy, dude. No. no. Got to have a picture uh, with the uh, captain. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. You're a professional. You got to uh, have a picture uh, with the absolutely captain. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So... I just I sat in the front of the boat. I get my phone and I start scrolling the classifieds. Jobs in Myrtle. Beach. Jobs in Myrtle. Beach. No, waiting doesn't sound so bad right now. Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, what have I got myself into? I had something like awesome. that happen to me when I was like, I can't imagine these things four. not happening on the headboat. Like well, I really can't. Like I, I I've asked Robert honest, a couple honestly, of times. That we never had happen, I but private, I had private charters. The people are a little bit more bold yeah. because they're like they come well, with a gang. Well, so so I changed I changed my spiel is, oh, can we do this as long as it's legal on land? Yeah, that's that's what I tell See, them. Times now. have changed. Well, I had one changed. that 
didn't start off that way, but ended up that way. Oh, gosh. And, you know, I was about 14, between 14 and 15 when Dad had the marina there. And all he had, uh, and I guess they were probably in their mid to late 30s, a couple, you know, good-looking couple, young. Bought them a new boat. They bought one of these big glass trons. Like a you, what? A glass tron. Bayliner, glass tron. Yeah, yeah, like, like you'd put okay. on a lake. Yeah, you know? okay. okay. And the back of it was You've five, five or six foot high. Yeah. You know, the swim platform with a ladder going up to get in the back to fish. Well, he had a center console before that and was able to uh, rig the baits, you know, take care of her fishing and the two of them go out. Mm-hmm. Well, now this glass tron had a fly bridge. And he couldn't run the boat and do the rods, you know. And so I'm a kid around the marina doing stuff. And he, uh, you know, said, Jack, come on, I'll pay you to go mate for me today. Pay you to go mate. All right, great, you know. His wife was very attractive and everything. So this is, I'm telling my age, this is back late 70s, early 80s. And they haven't really made the good spandex in the bathing suits yet that stretch. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, okay, so we get out there fishing, and we caught a couple of fish. And, you know, she all she wore on the boat was a towel, one of those wrap-up towels. I like when this conversation's morphing already because I've got – I got a follow-up. Keep going. Yeah. and, and uh, <laughs> Just let know. it flow. Like the beers we're drinking, let them flow. You know, he, she had a towel over a bathing suit. It was warm, and that's what she wore on the boat for the day. And and so she's fishing in the chair, and, uh, you know, she has a one-piece bathing suit on, nice, you know, respectable bathing suit, everything like that, no big deal. And, I'll, and uh, it's about the third or fourth fish we hooked. My mistake, you know, you hop on somebody else's boat. Back in the day, one of the first things you're supposed to do is check the rods. You yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I asked where, where the, the through holes are. This work? Well, <laughs> you know, and I just assumed, you know, I was young, yeah. put the rods out. Well, we hook a fish, and unbeknownst to me, the drag is locked. The reel is locked. We hook a fish, this rod goes down I grab it up put it in the fighting chair for her, and she's cranking on this fish and the only way you could get a fish in the boat is you had to go down the the ladder go down the ladder with a gaff you know <laughs> put the loop of the gaff in your hand so you didn't lose it because you was using one hand one hand to hold on the ladder and then you gaff the fish and flip it up on the deck or hand it up oh you know and they grab the gaff and pull it up you know, on the deck. So I go down the ladder, and I got the uh, the gaff in my hand, and that rod bends over. Next thing I know, she's right over the back of the boat. I mean, gone, over the back of the boat. Well, I had one arm, and luckily the arm I had with the gaff in it, I had locked in the ladder. And just lucky grab, I reached out, and I caught her by the swoop in the back of her one-piece bathing suit. You know, it was one of those that goes down and then has the, the yeah, you know, the U back. right above. Like an hourglass almost. Yeah, yeah, it had a, like a U right above yeah. the, yeah. you know, her backside there. Well, I caught it with about three or four fingers. And, uh, and the rod, her husband is hollering, let go of the rod, let go. I'm hollering, let go of the rod. And I'm locked. 
and my arms only go so long, and that bathing suit kept going. It kept going. It kept going. And, uh, and I'm hollering, please let go of the rod. Please. She is not letting go of this rod. It kept on going. She kept going. And finally, the drag busted loose. I'm talking about I had the back of this bathing suit. At her ankle. Oh the drag on the reel or the drag on the bathing suit? Oh, well, the drag, the drag on the reel finally let go. And, uh, and she, uh, she went down, you know, her head went in the water and her arms, and I got her back up on the swim platform, and she still got the rod in her hand. She ain't let go of that rod. Man, what trooper? And, uh, and her bathing suit's hanging down, you know, and her husband's hollering at her, get back up on the boat. I hold the rod. She gets back up on the boat, and I'll. Uh, did and you land so the I fish? Get back. Oh, yeah. We oh, yeah. landed a fish. I got back up in the cockpit and all, and the bathing suit has stretched so far, it's hanging down by her ankle. <laughs> the only thing is the two forward straps. You know, the front piece, literally, the front piece is on the deck by her ankles. And she just looked at me and started laughing, and she says, well, I guess we're family now. And she just steps out of the bathing suit and sets it aside and reels the fish in, you know, and I'm looking That's I'm awesome. looking up at her at her husband, you know. And Help. He's, and he's just smiling and laughing at me because I know that I was blush red, you know, that age. And, awesome. uh, and he's just laughing at me, and he said, he said, Jack, if she wants to fish like that, let her fish. Mm -hmm. And she cranked the fish up to the back. So she gets it coming back up. I'm like, oh, Lord, I got to go back down the ladder again. It's something big. I go back down the ladder, and it's about a nine or ten-foot tiger shark. Oh, boy. I'm standing oh. on that swim platform, water <laughs> barely coming on my feet. And I'm looking, and I'm like, oh, shit, oh, shit. And I'm going back up the ladder. And he opens his mouth up. And a bonita about this big boop, comes out. You know, he had, ate she it. had hooked the, the bonita, mm -hmm. and then the tiger shark come and ate that. And that we just threw up in the boat. Yeah. She fished the rest of the afternoon, nothing on, just laughed and giggled. That's all. You right. know, fished the rest of the afternoon. Our family just. Which boat was up. this? I, I missed that part. Uh, it was a glass tron, about a 30. Oh, you were on their foot. boat. I was on yeah, their boat. Yeah, I was, right. in, okay, you know, right. asked to go to help out. Yeah. Because he used to have a center console, and him and her would go fishing. They could do everything together and all, and he could do the rods and all. Now he got this glass tron. You can only drive it from the flybridge up top. So he couldn't do you know, everything. Yeah. So he said, come on, I'll pay you to mate for me today, you know, so we'll go out there. Well, the funny thing was, all right, so we're riding in. And she starts getting cool, so she wraps up in the towel. And uh, so we get start getting back close to the dock, and she says, well, this towel doesn't cover everything up. I don't know what. Can you help me with the bathing suit? And I'm like, well, I don't know what I can help you do with that. <laughs> I mean, this bathing suit. I got looked, a dryer to throw it in. This bathing suit looked like it was eight foot long. All right, so she puts it on, and she pulls it up and covers covers most of the most of the important parts and then the loops are like five foot long yep so i just grabbed the loops and put them around behind her neck and tied this big giant bow <laughs> uh, this big giant bow. bow yeah it looked like a christmas bow <laughs> tied it with it you know and that held it up and all so we get back to the marina and we're unloading fish and everything, and I come in the marina, and she bops in right behind me. And first thing there, my dad's there going, well, did you have a good time on the boat today? What would y'all catch? And she looked at him and just started laughing and said, oh, he's family. 
he can go fishing with us anytime now. And I'm just, oh, I was like, I got to tell dad this he caught, one. He caught you me. And, and the funny thing was, I've told my son this story, mm-hmm. and probably a year or two ago, we're digging through old pictures, and I'm like, here you go. Here's them standing by the fish. You no. Know, Dad, I you found old, the story for him. He had some you know, in his mind. Oh, and then, uh, well, hey, she was very attractive for her age and everything. I got my eyes burnt, you know, at a young age all that did. But she was a trooper, and, you know, nowadays that bait and seat would have stretched and just come right back. But, boy, back then it wouldn't. <laughs> all right, Jay, what's you. yours? I don't know. How long have we been talking for? You got time, dude. I got time. So two years ago, three years ago in the uh, King, the King Mackerel Tournament down in Charleston. We come in the inlet. Are you fishing it this year? I'm, yeah, I'm fishing it. You are too, I hear. You're fishing? Oh, Hopefully. I'll Fingers tell you crossed. the story. When we Fingers get it crossed. in, I want to promote the tournament anyway. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. we get it in, I'll tell you real yeah, quick. Yeah, so fishing for miracles, right? Or yep. Hooked on miracles. Hooked on miracles. Hooked on miracles. So we go out, we fish for the day, and we we have a good time. We drink, we're having, we, you know, we drink fireball on the way in. You know, we're having, we're throwing the fishing, we're having a good time. So we get in around Charleston, and there's that no wake zone before you come to the bridge where the Holiday Inn is, where the um, Coast Guard is on the right. Yep, where the well, Mega Dock is on the, the right. Mega Dock is yep. on the right, and the Coast Guard and Mega Dock, and on the left, there's a bunch of bachelorette parties that Charleston. I guess it's a big thing. They go out on the water. You talking about party. the Ashley Riverside? Yeah, yeah talking yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah, where a the sailboats park. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, well, stuff. and there's a house built oh, out there with, with umpteen like million. The, what, how you say it? Umpteen million sailboats. Yeah. yeah. So. so <laughs> We look over and we're coming in and it's this guy's waving his arms and we look back hundred yards behind the boat and that current's hauling the male. I mean that current. There's two girls in bikinis floating away. So we we go into oh shit mode, you know, we're like oh shit. We, we go over there and we pull them up and as we pull them up, their bikini tops all go up as you pull their arms up and they came in the boat and they didn't realize we pulled their arms up. So they're just sitting in the boat like. Thanking us, hugging us, like we didn't know he's saying yep. Jack. So it's a it's a bachelorette party, and they're from New Jersey, right? So they get back to the boat, and their friends. Finally, we get like 300 yards, and all of us are like hooter eyes, like hey. <laughs> and so we bring them back over, and all their friends are start like yo 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 yo, you know what I mean? So they pull them back down, and they all sing. He's a jolly. Good Those girls were gonna die. They were going out Charleston Harbor at 10 miles an hour with yep. a guy in a. One of them little bar boats with, with the mm-hmm. freaking yeah. tiki hut. Oh, one of those tiki little tiki huts. huts wouldn't make it down oh, there. Dude. Like, they better no. go on the incoming tide. Oh, <laughs> yep. Outgoing, yeah, yeah, they'd be got, waving by Fort Sumter. We <laughs> got <laughs> Sing to and Free Show. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, and and Hutch, the owner of Key West Boats, yeah, was yeah, on the boat. Fish with. Yeah, oh, he loved it. Oh, he, yeah, he, yeah. he had no complaints about it. He didn't. Oh, he didn't. No, have, he had no complaints. Bye, y'all. But let me tell you, All right. 23, 24 years running like he knows in party boats with 100 umpteen people. Everywhere. Yeah. What I used to laugh at, you remember that? What was that funniest home video? Yeah. And if you sent the video in, you'd get $10,000. Yeah, yeah. If I only had enough sense to make a few videos and send them in, yeah, yeah, I'd be, yeah. oh, my God. I'll bet. You know? I'll bet. And you would have had... So much to video. <laughs> you know, Na- nowadays, everybody has camera phones and everything's on video. Uh, I mean, it's you know. Times have changed, though, because, like, back when I first started chartering, like, if, if someone, I, I don't have a license anymore, so I'm a little bit more liberal to say things that you guys probably right. can't and will. I think I was still running whenever you first yeah, yeah. started. So I was, I was. Oh, yeah, he would, like, he would tick me off every day. I'd be, I'd roll by him, I'd see him just catching bait, and then next thing you know, I hear him on the radio, yeah, I got seven in the box. I'm like, son of a. He wasn't catching bait. He was catching fish. <laughs> God, my, 
Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it was so different. Like I, you could, back then, you could tell people, you know, bring whatever you want, but don't bring any home. You know what I mean? Because you ain't gonna get checked anywhere. But other times have right. changed. You know what I mean? Like, people used to it, smoke on the boat and blah blah blah. And as long as I didn't partake and. They had a good time. Didn't bring any back to the dock. It wasn't an issue. Yeah, we like talked I about said, that last week. Like, a lot of people's best tips have been... When they let it happen. Bags of marijuana. Yeah, I've gotten I, tipped that before. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Heck no. I don't want it anywhere near me. Yeah, I just no, gave no, it away. No, 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 I no. gave it away back then. Quentin, what? What? Back then. So you've never partaken in it? Nope. No, 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 no. Never. No, no, absolutely not. No. Well, I'm proud of you, but. It's the devil's lettuce. <laughs> it's the what? That's <laughs> the devil's lettuce. Dude. English, I have one kind of luck in this world, and that, that is bad luck. And and you would be the one number to get called. Yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. I. God I, holds different people accountable at different levels. So if yeah. you already know that God's going to hold you accountable at a different level. And you I've know what? <laughs> I've, done, I've done enough stupid things in my God life. God also <laughs> called my number three months in a row for drug testing, and I think it was because he was protecting my dear friends. Mm. He drew my number three months in a row, and I was like, y'all, this is ridiculous. I've never been drawn once, and I get drawn November, December, and January and of this in, certain year. In 20 and I was like, years, wow. I, I never got drawn once. You never got drawn. I used to I laugh at Tom. Two, you know, we were all in that year. Well, Tom and Seth, make, they made the bar, uh, made the captains do it themselves, right? Or how no, huh? We, they had a, uh, a company, and... All the employees that worked for Captain Dix at the time had to have. For the insurance people. Yeah, for the drug testing, you know, for the Coast Guard and everything. Right, same thing. So they had an independent firm that would call them up and say, okay, today's your random test day, send me. And they'd send the last four digits of your Social Security card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In. Numbers you one, know. two, three, four, you're going. You know, and I get so tickled, Tom would call me up and say, oh, you got picked for the, you know, the drug test. I'm like. Boy, you wasting sixty five dollars on this one. <laughs> you know, he says, "Yeah, I know." He says, "But uh, I got called too." <laughs> I said, "You wasted money on that." Man, I got some buddies that have come up with every trick. They uh, uh, hot hands with uh, Ziploc bags that they would bring in to keep it warm and room temperature and everything else. The worst now, thing is that's the only test I'll ever pass in my life because I don't have to study. You've, or you've been studying. You don't have to study. Look for it. Oh, no, the worst thing that you pick my number and I'd be you know mostly i ran the all-day gulfstream trip you know so i'm backing in at 6 six thirty. sorry place is closed yeah well yeah, yeah. tom's buddy jerry that was the bean counter you know who i'm talking about yes I did. he's like oh you got to be tested you got to be tested this evening i said well i didn't know about it till now and so he'd send me down to georgetown emergency room yep oh to get tested and i got a trip in the morning i did that one time and all, and then spent yeah. four hours, and they don't know what to do, and you they do the test. They do the test, and they mess it up. They yeah. call you back two days later. Uh, this test was invalid. You got yeah, to yeah. redo it. You know, mishandled. Can you, uh, so I just, you know, the place opens in the morning. There ain't nothing I can do about it. I'm going to be back here at five o'clock in the morning anyway. Yeah. Yep. You know. In all it's serious. funny though, though. There's nothing random about it because any time I've ever ever gone on vacation with my mom and my dad you get called i as soon as i get back really i get called oh like clockwork i know i know it's it's clockwork so well on the airplane ride back i try and drink a gallon of water on the airplane so you because pee. because the next day i'm going to get called yeah. and i just go yeah. and, and take so you, care of it yeah really? that was the one the one time i did get called i did have trouble getting enough because it wasn't 
I didn't realize, but you had to, what, put the cup up to here or whatever, and I was, like, back there begging it. Come on. I had to pee when I Just a little more. When I was Just working. a little in, more. I've done that before. I sat in office for, like, three when hours. When I was working that. in Louisiana, they would do the same random drug test on the, the big steel hull boats yeah. down there. Yeah. All right, so one day I come out of the bathroom, and the guy, the drug test guy, standing there, and I looked at us and I said, you're going to be here for a while. <laughs> yeah. I, I just go walking out of the bathroom, and there the guy's standing up. Like, uh, you're going you're gonna to check yeah, me out? Let me go, uh, let me go get a couple of <laughs> things of tea, and <laughs> you're going to be here waiting for a while. On one of my renewals, I came off a charter and went to lab court, and I literally sat there for like three hours. I was like, oh, I'm sorry, guys. I just got a charter. I, I don't have to go. I'm dehydrated. Yeah, I'm dehydrated. Heck no. I sat there and drank cup of water, cup of water, cup of water. I was like, I, All right, four, four bottles of water a trip. I got what one. I do yeah, every single trip. I got That's one, one for you. I wasn't good enough about drinking. Oh, my gosh. This little, I, I keep thermoses and stuff on me. I'm a, I'm a water fiend. As soon as I hit that, I drink a water. As soon as my feet hit the floor in the morning, Man, I can't operate without a oh, lot of water. All right, I'm gonna tell on myself. Mm. I'm gonna tell you my age. All right. All right. What do we got? I'd ran 47 days in a row, all day Gulfstream trips. Where, where's he at? That one right there was born on the 48th day, and Boy. I got a day off. Woo. I was running the party boats in, mm -hmm. and I'll, and now I feel old. Row. You 35? Uh, 35. Yep. <laughs> so why did, all right, so party boat, head boat? Same. What, I don't know. What, why did it start getting called head boat? Because you counted as many no, because, a head of cattle. No, because you counted the number of heads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They had to count before they went and when they came back. Make sure you know, with our license, it was about the size boat, not how many people you took. Right. And you had the COI certificate of how many people you could take. Inside of 20 miles, how I many? The princes, 150 people plus six crew. Yeah, I could put wow. 75 people on the upper deck on it. Now, we couldn't fish them. We only had 118 rods right. holders on the boat, you know, but we'd do that on half day. And there's 50th anniversary. Huh? 50th anniversary. On the boat? Of the New England Princess. This, this year? This year. It cool. did a stability test. The stability letter on it says May 1972. May 20-something, 1972. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about burning my brain, Damn. you know, for the original stability letter. Wow. Uh, but that take, is crazy. But, you know, I mean, that was a big seat for me to fill whenever I got on there after Yeah, because you took over for Hoss. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Hoss was like a... You know, like another dad to me. Yep. You know, Hoss, Johnson, Captain Tommy Singh, and all, they were both like, you know, other fathers. They were there. Well, Hoss used to say, look, son, I remember the first time a diaper got slapped on your little white ass because I was at the, the hospital when you were born. Yeah. And, I mean, that was a couple of the older captains. And uh, one thing that made me feel good about taking over, the thing that made me feel okay about taking over for Hoss was he gave me the boat a couple of days when he was feeling bad, and I didn't have to go through his usual thing of where he'd take somebody on there and make him ride with him two or three days. You know, he called me up and said, I can't run today. Jack, take my boat, you know, a cute one on that. You know, it has three engines. Yep. All right. So they set the throttles up on the Princess because you use the two outboard engines the most, docking and everything. So it had two throttles here, a throttle over here, the 
throttle over here was the center engine. First time I got on that boat, I didn't know that. <laughs> and I'll, I pulled it out of the slip, you know, I go fish. And I'm out there doing half-day, you know, drifts and everything, everything good. And first mate Reggie came up and said, uh, you know, as soon as he came up, I said, Reggie, man. I said, what's up with this deal? I said, you know, the boat. Should be faster. Well, well, no, I said, the boat, <laughs> the boat will turn great to starboard. I said, but it but, won't turn. But, but, uh, but I can't make it turn to port that good. Well, what's the deal? And he was kind of, uh, didn't want to say anything, you know. And he saw me with the center engine over there, and I'm, you know, I'm trying to make it go to port. And she's just kind of tracking straight, and I'm turning the wheel, you know. I said, Dan, this thing won't turn to port, Harley. He finally said, uh, Jack, if you would uh, use the starboard engine instead of the center engine, it would probably go. Push it. And I'm like, man, I'm sure glad you told me that before I docked this thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a helpful, helpful little nugget yeah, of information helpful. right there. That is a helpful that's nugget fun. of information. But All his right. wife, his wife, real quick, his wife came down about a week after I was on the boat. And she came down to see me. And she walked up to me. And she said, Jack, she says, you know, I know that's tough you having to get on Hoss's boat. After he's passing off, she says, I want you to know, and you know in your heart, if anybody was going to step on this boat and run it after him, that he would want it to be you. Want it to be you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that, that touched on that and, and it should have. And, and, and that goes back to when Jay and I started. I mean, you guys were, uh, I mean, you were superstars. Going from you, Mr. Strickland. Uh, oh, uh, but the fish. Dave, man. good lord, Dave was unbelievable. Oh yeah, that was the mule. We called him the mule. I mean, because you know, he run day after day trips. You know, back in the day, you, you like you guys are doing now. You know, don't take a day off. You got to make hay while the sun shines. Winter's coming. Uh huh. Every day, and he was running back to back to back trips. So we called since Dave was, Sears. Yeah, sorry, I meant. I that. seen him the other day, and he looks great. He looks great. I saw he him in Surfside. Yep. yep, he looked great. Well, um, listen, I know. Um, Fishfinder crew, let's talk about, uh, let's share exactly how somebody can book a charter with you if they want to come fish on one of your boats. What's right the best way to do that? Crazy, crazy Sister Marina. That's CrazySisterMarina.com. Yep. You can get them in touch with them there. Go on, on online and uh, look up the Fishfinder fleet, and you've got your three boats over there now. We, we got four. Four. We got three, three that do the offshore, near shore, and we got the pontoon boat set the, up. The new pontoon. Oh, yeah. Have y'all seen the center? Have y'all seen the center console pontoon? I saw oh, yeah, there. buddy. I know I know. I if I see the... that boat, I need to stay close because they're on some fish. <laughs> I saw them over at the public boat ramp three weeks back, maybe. That's Jack. That's Jack. That's a good-looking boat. You did a good job. You rig. Jay, you said you're retired. What, what are you doing now? Building art. Building art. If, if somebody wanted to get, get some art. And, uh, uh, gosh, right now, just all washed up. All washed up. Uh, Driftwood art. Driftwood art on Facebook. And yep. then uh, – my phone number is 843-902-0356, and you can text me. Uh, I, because I charter fished for so long, I have a tendency not to answer phone numbers I don't recognize because I know it's just, sorry, I don't run charters anymore. So if you really want to get up with me and you want a piece of artwork, text me because I'll definitely see it because, I, like I said, I'm trying to move my phone away from the charter business. That's right. And if you want to come fish with Quentin and the crew here, MIFCFishingCharters.com. Go to the website. And uh, click click on Captain Q. I gave you a pretty good reference yesterday to my neighbor, by the way. Yeah, oh, good deal. Um, good deal. But any, at, at any rate, you got some great captains all along the marsh walk here in Merle's Inlet. Captain Jack, I know you're uh, uh, you feel like the granddaddy on that crowd out there, but I'm jealous that you're still out there doing it. Um, sometimes I wish I was fishing. 
What's the old saying? You can take the boy out of the inlet, but you'll never take the inlet out of the, the boy. boy. That's, That's true. That's true. Well, I tell you what, it's been a great show today. I want to thank Stephen Goldfinch for coming and spending his last uh, evening with his wife, uh, with us at least 20 minutes of it beforehand. And uh, thank Captain Jason, who has now disappeared somewhere. Um, if for we just all this. get real quiet and yep. we'll listen, we will he hear. You better be mixing me a drink. Oh, you can hear. <laughs> there, there is absolutely no doubt that we will hear Jason somewhere. And I want to thank Captain Will for being such a good ornament. Oh, hey, we got a drink. He said Will. Cheer. I said Will. Oh, gosh, cheers. I'm yep. guys. I'll get another cheers, drink. cheers. All right, listen, make sure you make sure you download this thing. Make sure you click like and make sure you share it with all your friends and then subscribe. Wait, we one need second, that. One second. Was Will awake for the first part of this broadcast? Nope. Absolutely not. Nope. He was over there puking. Look, oh, I see the puke. I see the remnants and I see Will. He was over but there for in a the second, bag. It sounded like Will was awake before I got here and I was only like half hour. I, okay. It's no, her I fault. Just sure it wasn't that well, that you can go by Will and do the yeah out of there. <laughs> out of there. <laughs> You're out of there, buddy. Yep. So he's gone, but and we're gone too. Listen, great time, y'all. We'll be back next Tuesday. Remember, come down and join us. Great time, five thirty every every Tuesday afternoon here at Merle's Inlet Fishing Charters on Jason's Big Wooden Dan Deck. We'll be back next week with some more lies and fantasies and. Um, Anything else we can come up with? Like a prom dress, we're off. We're out. That's right. <laughs> Captain Spalone's report. Peace out. Standing by. Freeman Boat Works and Trilogy Outdoors are proud to announce the addition of Freeman Boat Works to our family of incredible partners. Billy Freeman and his team at Freeman Boat Works epitomize the American dream. From building the first boat in Billy's backyard to a 150,000 square foot state-of-the-art manufacturing plant over the past 15 years, they are building one of the most sought-after boats in the U.S. and beyond. These incredible fishing platforms are built in South Carolina and are second to none in stability, speed, and performance overall. These catamaran designs are engineered not only to get you to the fish fast, but comfortably too. Years of refining designs and pioneering the modern performance fishing catamaran is why Freeman Boatworks is the number one choice for some of the biggest names in the fishing industry. If it's long runs in the Gulf or the Carolinas, or days you can go fishing in South Florida when most center consoles stay at the dock, Freeman Boatworks is at the forefront in all categories. For more information on Freeman Boatworks and their six available models, visit www.freemanboatworks.com. Redefine your expectations. For over eight years, GovWorld Auctions has been solving surplus issues for municipalities and counties in South Carolina and beyond. Their turnkey customer service has made them one of the best in the business here in the U.S., and they are located right here in our home state of South Carolina. If you're looking for tractors, heavy machines, and vehicles, just to name a few, our partners at GovWorld have you covered. The process is simple, and their experts will come to you to inspect, photograph, and video all items before they make them available to everyone in the world for the bidding process. GovWorld online auctions are supported by mailers, emails, and promotion to the biggest buyers in the country, and they get results and the highest dollar possible for your items. Don't go out of state to another auction company. Support business here in South Carolina and let GovWorld get you top dollar for your items and put the money back in your city, municipality, or county. Give GovWorld a call or visit their website.
myGovWorld.com for more info and to set up a visit with one of their experts to get you in the next auction. Don't let valuable items just sit behind a fence. Give GovWorld a call and start turning them into money today. Recently, Senator Goldfinch and myself were introduced to Healthy Cell and their incredible line of products. Steven started on a regimen of taking focus and recall after each daily workout to help his body recover from the physical demand of a workout and to help boost his focus and brain power that he needs on long days on the Senate floor. For myself, the last few years, I've been struggling to get the recommended amount of vitamins and nutrients in my body due to decreased appetite. When I was introduced to Bioactive Multi, I was excited to start a daily regimen that I felt would help my performance both on and off the water and would give me more energy to get through long days and increase my productivity. With Bioactive Multi, I know that I am getting the FDA daily recommended amounts and with the mixed berry flavor and the ease of swallowing, my body is able to absorb these vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants through the proprietary gel format that Healthy Cell has created. This allows my body to quickly absorb and start using these valuable nutrients to help me get through long busy days just like we all go through in our daily lives go visit healthycell.com backslash trilogy and use our promo code trilogy all caps to receive 20 percent off of your first order and start living a better life today 